This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Rabotai, tonight we have a beautiful shiur, and uh, like always, and uh, I'd like to ask everybody uh, a question. Uh, we have Albert with us, the Rosaru over here. Maybe he's going to give us the answer to this. Nice shout out for him. Sadiq over here. All right? So it says like this. It says a very interesting pasuk over here that if heaven forbid there's something called an Ebed Ibri. Stephen, you ever hear what an Ebed Ibri is? What's an Ebed Ibri? What is an Ebed Ibri? A Jewish slave. But let, let me tell you something. You hear it, the Torah in this week, Parashat Bahar, speaks about it. And it says that if a person is very, very poor, He's on the bottom of the barrel. By the way, I just want to let you know on a side note, the Pasuk says, which means you're not allowed to be poor. But sometimes a person, heaven forbid, a million times, sometimes a person just, it, it happens to be, something happened to the guy, I don't know whatever it was, he just became extremely, extremely poor. That's what it is. And now he's so poor that he has to sell himself in order to make money. So now he sells himself to be an avid, to be a slave to, let's say for example, in this pasuk is speaking about, in pasuk lamitet, in Cafe, it says that he sold himself to a, another Jew. So another Jew bought a Jew. That's what's going on over here. Another Jew bought another Jew. And it says over here, If it happens to be, if your brother, which is another Jew, heaven forbid a million times, he had to get sold in Kalach and he bought, and, and, and you bought him. Lo ta'avod bo avodat avid. Do not work him like a slave. Right? What does that mean? What does that mean? Don't that, take what? Don't take, advantage of don't take advantage of him. And don't work him like a slave, right? Avodah, it says, Rashi says, Avodah shel genai. Sheeni karbo ka'evid. Don't make him as if he's a slave. Meaning he could do, he could do work, but don't make him as if he's a slave. Like tying my shoes. You know, a slave, imagine you own a slave. Imagine literally you own a slave. You tell him everything. Listen, you know, tie my shoes. Let's go. Oh, by the way, I, I, my Jeep is too high. Listen, I, I need to, I need to bend down, you step on him, you go up on the Jeep. Yeah. So if you had one, you would do that. I was like, yeah. he's like, I wish you could buy a slave. Boom. Ah! You know, by the way, uh, uh, my shoes, polish them. Boom. This, this, a slave, a slave has to do everything. A slave has to do everything. So over here, you have to understand, it says, oh, by the way, you're buying him, you can't treat him with, 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 uh, disgusting things, even if you're buying him as a slave. Why? Because everybody knows, ki avadai him. They're my slaves. They're not your slaves. They're my slaves. Ki avadai him, asher otseti otam meheritz mitzrayim, loim kumga avid. So therefore, you see over here that you can't do that. So now a person might say, so what's the purpose of me paying full price for this slave? Right? I should pay half price. You can't do everything. I might as well buy a goy. I might as well buy a goy. I might as well buy, why would I buy it? If I have a choice of I, I I could buy the Jewish slave. Or I could buy somebody else. So why would I buy? Why would I buy this uh, Jewish slave? What do you guys think? Make it easier. You shouldn't buy the no. boy. But he's saying you shouldn't. He's saying that. So what David said tonight is a beautiful answer. In life, sometimes in life you have to understand. 
It's not about you. It's about them. And in life, sometimes you gotta you gotta look away a little bit and say, you know what? I'm gonna do it. I'll give you an example. Can I give you a perfect example? Case came to me. Somebody calls me up this week. Rabbi, what should I do? I have a worker in my business. Listen to this story. It's a true story. I have a worker in my business. Now, I pay him every week. I pay him good money every week. And this week, he came, literally the whole week, he came three hours late to work. The whole week. And I want to dock him his pay, which is a nice portion, because I pay him well. So since I pay him well, if I dock him a nice portion, it'll be nice. Should I? Am I allowed to do it? Should I do it? What do you think? As a rabbi, what would you answer? So my first question was, first of all, how badly does this guy need the money? Like how badly? Is he well off? Are you paying him so well that he could support his family with it? And if you deduct, he won't be able to... Like what's the story? What's the story behind this, this guy? He says he's, 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 good, he's a good Jewish guy. And I know for a fact that my paycheck makes him survive. At least, even not only survive, but it makes him uh, feel, live comfortable. And if I take away, he won't live so comfortable, for sure. I know that for a fact. That's what he tells me. <coughs> so I said, you want to know Meikar Hadin? Meikar Hadin, you have rights. You, you listen, at the end of the day, you're paying by the hour. He missed how many hours this week? 15 hours. You're paying him, let's say, for example, besides the commission that he's making plus the hour, you could deduct him an easy, uh, let's say, $1,000 easily without a, without a doubt in mind. And, 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 he, and he won't even have a claim against you because you pay him by the hour and you pay him plus commission and you pay him this and you give him bonuses so he can do it. However, if I was you, you have to look at what this pasuk is saying. This pasuk a little bit is, is saying, let's look behind behind it. He's never usually late. This week he was late. He's never usually late. Why do you want to pay him less? Do you have the money? Yes, I have the money. So why do you want to pay him the less? Right? Just to prove a point? Just speak to him. Tell him, listen, please, next week, please don't be late. And also, if he comes and he's taking advantage of you, you'll be able to tell him right away. But for one week, all these, all these months and years that he's working for you, it's okay. And I, and I quote him this pasuk. Because this pasuk is literally saying that. This pasuk is saying that if your brother is sold as a slave because he has no money, even though you have full rights to treat him a certain way, because you bought him fair and square, still the Torah is saying, do not treat him like that. Why? Just remember that he's your brother. You know what I just said? I think this is a clear proof to this answer. No, Stephen, what do you think? You hear what I'm saying? So I told the guy, I said, listen, you got to look at not only business, you got to look at chesed. The more employees that you have in your company that's Jewish as well, you are doing a chesed to the family, you're supporting their family. You're literally, you're right, they're doing, they're doing work for you, you're right. But look, this person is, he took advantage this week, and you have full rights to deduct him. Comes the Torah and says, you might be right 100%. But look, look a little bit further than just what's inside the box. They say, look outside the box a little bit. Without this money, what's going to happen? He's going to have Shalom Bayit. He's going to come home. What is he going to do? 
He's going to say, honey, you see, you told me to take the kids to school this week. You needed a break. And look, I got, I got a, I got a quarter paycheck this week. You see, I'm not taking the kids. Don't ever tell me. Don't ever this. Don't ever that. Fights with his wife. How shall I? So you got to think outside. What is this check going to do to this fellow right now? If I deduct from that check. It's beyond, beyond what's the, the norm. Mikaradin, you're right. Go to Psak, you're allowed to deduct. But if you look more in the whole situation, that's, that, that's the way you, you view, a Jewish person views a, a, a not. I was with a very wealthy guy once, very wealthy guy. I was at his, uh, he invited me for a, I don't know, he invited, he had a, he had a dinner. He invited me for the dinner. The dinner, the dinner was a certain time. I got there early. It was like an hour and a half away. He asked me to come. I said, no problem. I go, I'm, I'm sitting on the porch and we're waiting for the people to come in and came early. And we're sitting down and he gets a phone call. I'll never forget this. This is an amazing, amazing story. He gets a phone call. On the phone call, the guy calls him up and he says, so and so, da da da. It's like, yeah, I can do it. You know what? You know, I buy from you, right? You know, of course. It's like, you're a very good customer of mine. Yes, I do. He's like, guess what? Two blocks away from me, this store is also buying from you and he's selling the same product as, as what I'm buying from you and he's selling it for the same price that I'm buying it from you. How could he sell it for that price without making a profit? Must be that you're selling it cheaper to that guy. So please, can you do me the same deal, whatever you're doing to him? He says, one second. He looked at that company, which was two blocks away. He saw the price. He said, you're right. I'm selling it cheaper. Um, to him, I'm gonna, I'm gonna match you the same price as that on the phone. Oh wow, thank you so much. Gets off the phone. I said, why'd you just do that? He said, let me tell you something. This customer needs me very badly. He needs my goods. I know he needs my goods. And I know, technically speaking, even if I wouldn't have gave him a discount, even if I didn't that low, he would have still took it. But, I looked outside the box. I looked a little bit, let me do a heist with him. Let me do a little bit more. You see, not every time it's going to happen like that. But this time he said, you know what, I felt it's right. The guy down the block got it. And he saw that. And is that, let me do a heist with him and I'll throw him a bone and I'll give him, I'll give him the same price. Sometimes in, in business, you can't be a cutthroat. You know what cutthroat means? Cutthroat means, wait, you missed a day? I remember I got a call once. They, they, they closed for, um, for, for a holiday, a Jewish holiday, and he wanted to take off money from the, from one of the offers that, that, that weren't Jewish, and I said, this is, does he want his money? Yeah, he wants his money. I pay him, well, yeah, pay him. so why are you taking off? Is he good? There's a questions like that. Is he a good worker? You gotta sometimes think outside the box just a little bit, not just think numbers. Numbers, yeah, you're right. Oh, he's late there, I can duck him here, I can do that there, and I can this, that. But look outside the box and think to yourself, he's a Jewish fellow that's working for me. If he's a Jewish fellow that's working for me, let me see the whole picture. Let me see the whole picture. Now again, if he's going to take advantage, you know right away he's taking advantage of me. Oh listen, one week I, I accepted. One month I accepted. But now every month he's doing this, that's it, I'm done. That That's understandable. But for one month, he, he he a little little slack a little bit. You can always ask him, is there a reason why you're late? Is there a reason why everything is everything okay in the home and this? And he could he could break down to you and say, listen, by the way, this is what ha- this is happening, and it could be like a crazy crazy case, and you, you never even thought about, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and therefore you'll be un- understandable a little bit. But I think this is a very clear proof in this week's parasha, in Parashat Behar, where it speaks about an avid. It's in Perek Cafe and Pasuk Lametet, and it says this. It says that if you're buying a slave. A Jewish slave, if you're buying a Jew as a slave, if you're buying a Jew as a slave, which, heaven forbid, it could be that a Jew needs money, so therefore he sells himself as a slave, just know you can't treat him like a slave. 
You can't give him the disgusting things to do. What do you mean? I might as well buy a, 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 a goy slave. What am I buying a Jewish slave for? I might as well buy a goy slave. You're right. But right now you got to think beyond the box. This guy needs money right this second. And the only way is this, only this way where you can buy him as a slave. So therefore you're actually helping him. Even though you're getting less for your money, but you're also helping him. Think outside. Think in a Jewish way. I'll give you an example. Another example. You have a flower shop. You have two flower shops, you know? You have a flower shop that just opened, right? And it might be, let's say for example, a dollar extra for the bouquet. It might be. It might be. You're buying flowers anyway. So you say to yourself, you know what? I'm going to go to him, grand opening, for his sake, even though he's charged me more, I want to give him hezuk. Let him feel good. The grand opening, the first week that he opens, the second week that he opens, even though I know he's charging me an extra $3, let's say, or $5. I know! But what I know when I walk into that store, when he has that grand opening within the week, within the month, I know he's going to get hezuk. I'll buy those flowers from him, even though I'm paying extra money. Give him just to give him hezuk. Wow! You know what that is? You know what? Because now you're not thinking just me. You're thinking we. Because we as an am, we're an ami sale. It's not, uh, uh, you know, there's no, uh, what do they say? It's what? Ani. Ani. It's not ani. It's, uh, it's not I. It's we. It's Am. It's Am Yisrael. When you, when you know that and when you feel that way and you feel like you're part of the Am and you feel like, you know another, I remember I think that it was an ice cream store that, that opened up like a few blocks away from my house and my kids wanted to go and this and that and there was another ice cream store that I know, I know. So you know what? Let's give him the business. He just opened. You know what? We're going for ice cream anyway. Let's give him the business. Let's drive maybe another two blocks extra out of the way to give him the business. And then he feels good. Why? Because this is the Pasuk is saying. This is a very important lesson, by the way. Because your whole life and your whole mindset is, is turned around now. It's not just a business aspect. It's not just business. If, yeah, if it's just business, you're right. He came late. I could deduct him. He, came, he wasn't there. I could deduct him. I could, you could, you could, you could. But then you can think, again, he's not taking advantage. He's always on time. One time he was late, or three times he was late, or within the month, or within the week he was late every single day. Okay, doesn't mean the next week he's going to be. If the next week and the week after, we have to then, you can tell him something. But until then, have a little bit of a, of a, of a understanding attitude and understand and say to yourself, wait, 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 wait. If I deduct him now, maybe, maybe it's just this week. Let me not, let me not deduct him. Let me give him this week. Let me give him a full. He'll, and by the way, he knows that. The worker himself knows. Oh, by the way, uh, you know, uh, sir, sir, I was, I was laying. No, no, here you go. He'll work even harder for you next time. And this is exactly what the Torah, in a way, is saying. Mikaladin, you can take away his money. Mikaladin, you can say, no, listen, sorry, I pay you by the hour. You late, I'm sorry. But lifnim mishurat adin. What's lifnim mishurat adin? Go beyond the letter of the law is to understand this situation, and you understand. Listen, he needs your money to live a normal life, and therefore you give him the right. The right honor by giving that that uh, paycheck. That's what it says. Even though you have full rights that you born him as a Jewish slave, don't treat him like a slave. Don't treat him like a slave. And also, even when you have a worker as a Jew, don't treat him like a slave in business either. There was a story that I'll never forget till today. I asked a fellow. Oh, I don't know why I shouldn't have asked, but. He was doing something for me. He's like, oh, you work for us. Yeah, I work for that guy. Oh, that guy, that guy's the nicest guy. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said that. And all of a sudden he said, what? You know what he did to me today? I said, what do you do? I shouldn't have done that, right? But uh, this is what happened. He told me that he came late to work. 
and he sat he sat in his desk, and the boss came with him with a lukewarm type of coffee, like like you know it wasn't boiling hot. He says, "What are you doing?" He's a, he's a, like a mantras type of guy, and you don't I don't know that, but what are you doing? What are you doing? You come in late. What do you think this is? He takes his coffee, spills it him. I'm not joking. He told me that he spilled his coffee on him. He says he's a little 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 majnun, a little crazy. So I was thinking, listen, uh, he does not now go home, change, and come back. Like like I was like, so I was like, how do you stay in an office like that? So he tells me, Rabbi, you're not understanding. He pays me so well. He pays me such a big paycheck. I'll never get a paycheck like this anywhere I go. That's what he tells me. And he's supporting my family through this paycheck. I can't leave. But, that's what he said, but to disrespect another Jew, even though he's your worker, you got to be careful not to do that. You got to be careful not to do that. Imagine somebody's coming, somebody's working for you and you always, you take, the, you take a, even, even water. You late? You take a whole glass, you take a whole water, you late? Get out of my office until you come tomorrow, until you get back into shape like that. Oh my goodness, what are you crazy? Some, somewhere, somewhere, some bosses can be even worse. They take the, they take the, the, the desk, they chuck it. What do you think this is? You're in my office over here, you listen to me, my rules. Stop! He chucks the whole table. Huh? You know what I'm talking about? That happened to you? Happened to you, huh? <laughs> well, I'm serious. People, you, 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 you can't imagine what happens in people's offices. You can't imagine. Because you, I don't know, whatever you do, you, you might not be working in office, you might be working at this, that. You can't imagine what, what people can go through. All of a sudden, the guy chucks tables, chucks this, chucks that. <laughs> you know, chucks a whole uh, mug. Of, he, he wants to miss him, but he chucks it at the wall. Ah, what are you doing? The guy's scared. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and he's doing it. What? That you have to understand. You have to, be, you have to treat him. Even though, he's your, even though he's your worker, and you're giving him the pay, and you do that, you still have to show the dignity of a Jew, of a human being, of a human being. And this is this week, this is this lesson, you can all look it up, it's in Parashat Behar, Cafe, Pere Cafe, Pasuk Lamentet. Now, that's one important lesson that I want to discuss. And the second important lesson that I want to discuss is, a very, very important lesson, we know this already, but it still needs to be drilled into our, our heads. Huh? Which one? With the, with the desk? The mug. the mug, yeah? You like the mug one? <laughs> the guys, <laughs> why are you late? You know, you know, you know, gonna, you know you're gonna miss. Why are you late? You ever come late in my office? You see that door? You see that door? I'll throw you out that door head first. You understand me? Sometimes I wish there's like a boss behind it. Ah! <laughs> Feels good. I'm the boss. <laughs> no, you gotta also be careful. Because they also, the, but also the worker also has to know not to take advantage either. Now the worker takes advantage. Oh, yeah, we're right. Pelagic said he shows it to his boss. You gotta listen to this, alright? This class you gotta listen to. You gotta listen to this one. You know, the guy's like, also the worker has to, has to, the worker has to understand not to take advantage either. Both sides, both sides. But this is a very important lesson because sometimes a person can get carried away. He really can get carried away and he doesn't have any understanding towards another Jew, towards another person, and that's totally wrong. You have to understand the other person's situation. And I understand that that's what it is. But both ways, the worker and the, and the boss. A little bit. People like to have that um, honor as the boss. You know what I'm saying? They like that. You listen to me. It's a type of, it's a yetzerah in a way where it's like, I own you. Like, not you own me, but I own you. You might, you got, you got me? This is what you gotta do. If I don't have these papers on my desk at six o'clock tomorrow, I'm telling you right now, 
Don't come tomorrow to the office. Like, oh, you know, he's uh, on the guy. You know, no, no. You gotta, you gotta, you know, he's a Jewish guy. You know, you gotta, you gotta play the cards right. Okay. We could go on and on with these examples, but I think everybody got the point by now. Alright? Just remember this lesson because, you know, one day you'll be a boss or one day you'll be a worker, whatever it is. But the bottom line is, you have to know how to act. You have to know how to act. You have to know how to act. It's dignity. It's, it's, it's the way that Torah is saying. But I bought him, a guy might say, what do you mean? I bought him as a slave, fair and square. He has to do everything I tell him. No, it's not true. Because at the end of the day, he, does, he doesn't do any menial uh, 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 services he doesn't do. He doesn't do. Why not? Because he's Hashem's slave. At the end of the day, remember, he's a Jew. As a Jew, he's Hashem's slave. He's not your slave. He's Hashem's slave, he's not your slave. Hashem took him out of Egypt, he didn't take it, and he just took you out, so make sure you listen to... Okay? Let's go on. The next lesson that I want to talk about and I want to discuss, which is very, very important, is in this, the beginning of the parasha, and that speaks about, by Dabir Adonai Moshe Bahar Sinai Lemur. Dabir Adonai Seba Matalehem, what does it speak about? Kidavo Ela'aretz, what does it speak about? The Shemitah. So, there's a very famous Rashi that I want to discuss is, and that is, what is what does it say? My Yan Shemitah Etzel Har Sinai. What does Shemitah have to do with Har Sinai? Why over here it's saying that Hashem spoke to Moshe Bahar Sinai, meaning from Har Sinai to tell him. Rashi has a bomb question. Rashi says, oh by the way, before we start speaking about Shemitah, I just want to let you know something. We're going to speak about Shemitah. Everybody knows the law of Shemitah. What's the law of Shemitah? The seventh year, what? Don't? Don't what? Right, don't, don't, don't work the field. Don't work the field. The seventh, with the seventh year, don't work the field. Good? Good, very good. That's beautiful. But if you look, it says, Hashem told that Moshe, that mitzvah, where did he tell that mitzvah? Where? At Har Sinai. So Rashi says, wait, one second, 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 one second. Isn't every mitzvah given from Hashem at Har Sinai? So why are you specifically saying, Ah, this means what? It's to show you that every mitzvah is given in the same detail as Shemitah. That's very good. That's very good. Right, that's Rashi's answer, right? Yeah. You did Rashi this week. I did. Big, big shout out to Stephen. I knew it. I knew it. Because he got it right on the money. He got it right on the spot. Like, ah. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, Ella, my, what do you say? Say it again, please. Because <laughs> he said, uh, Rashi said, because... Just like Shemitah was given with all the right. all the details and all the my my new items, so to come right saying just just like just like we're gonna read about Shemitah and the, all the minute and the detailed mitzvah, just like Shemitah was given, Moshe Rabbeinu was speaking right how to how to make this mitzvah in detail. And it, why is it saying Shemitah? Because Hashem, we're about to show you the detail of it. Every mitzvah, just like it was given in detail, Shemitah was given in detail, so to every single mitzvah was given in detail, 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 the smallest detail, to, for the biggest detail from every mitzvah in Har Sinai. Got it? You know that? Yeah, it's good. Repeat that or no? You got it? Okay. So that's beautiful. That's Rashi. Solid. I want to just say over uh, to 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 any anime about this. One in Yan is, you have to know that sometimes less is more. What does that mean? Sometimes less is more. I'll give you an example. A person might say, um, you have to know, nowadays, I don't know if it's such a big test, but back in the day, it was a very big test to 
refrain from working on Shabbat. So you have a guy working seven days, and he's making, let's say, 30000 a week, and you guy has a guy working six days, and he's making, I don't know, it might seem he's making $20,000 a week. So the guy who's working more is making 10000 more. But in essence, you might think that. But in essence, if you look, look at Har Sinai. Was there higher mountains than Har Sinai, yes or no? Yes. Of course there was. Everybody was fighting. Put it on me, put it on me, put it on me, put it on me. Har Sinai did not fight. And even though he was less, he got more out of it. So too, what Rada is telling you, remember from Har Sinai, even though sometimes you might think, wait, I got to do more, I got to do more, I got to do more. If it's going against the Torah, then it's not more. It's really less. Har Sinai didn't fight. And he got everything. Do what's right in your life, and you'll see automatically, you'll get that bracha. You know, a guy can make a lot of money, but if he doesn't have bracha in his money, then, I'm sorry to say, it's useless. And the Gemara gives many examples, many examples, that if a person does something wrong, he won't see Siman Barakha from that money that he did wrong with. He might make money as a thievery way. He stole. Whatever he did. You think that money is going to build Barakha? What happens? He takes that money. He invests it in a property. He gets a tenant. And he's like, wow, I just got the best deal. I'm getting a triple A tenant. Who'd you get? I got Walgreens, I got Target, I got this, I got that. He bought the biggest thing, the biggest real estate. $20 million property, all the money that, that he cheated people with. I'm giving, I'm giving you an example. Love, love, that, any, anything. And all of a sudden, what happens? One day, the triple A tenants, they don't pay. One month, two months, three months, ten months, three years. The guy's flipping out. The guy's flipping out. What happened? Because you need beracha in the money. You need beracha. How do you get beracha? By doing what's right. By doing what's right to be honest in business. And I'm going to tell you another thing. How to preserve your money. Melach mamon chaser. How do you preserve your money? Listen to me carefully. Listen very carefully. I'm telling you what the Gemara says. Melach, these exact words. Melach mamon chaser. What does that mean? Salt your money. Salt your money. How do you salt your money? Chaser. When you lose it. Lose it how? Lose it meaning give tzedakah. Give charity. You want to preserve your money? Salt your money. Just like you salt meat, you preserve the meat. You have to salt your money. How? When you lose, lose. What am I losing? I mean, you say, giving tzedakah, you're preserving your money. You're preserving your money. And therefore, sometimes it's saying over here, is what? Less is more. Less is more. Learn from Al Sinai, it was less, but he really got more. Sometimes you might have to give. And a lot of times you have to give. But you want to preserve your money, that's the way you preserve your money. By giving charity, that's the way you preserve it. By helping others with your money, that's the way you're going to preserve your money. That's facts. 
A lot of times, the person has a lot of money. All of a sudden, that year, what happened, Rabbi? I'm going crazy. I had so much money. I don't understand what happened to my money. The whole year, he's waiting till the next Rosh Hashanah. That's what he's doing. He's like, I can't wait till the Rosh Hashanah. I can't wait till Rosh Hashanah. He's like, Rosh Hashanah, come by. He's like, why? This is failing. That's failing. That. Because he didn't salt his money. You gotta salt it. How? Give. Let your hand loose a little bit. Make sure you're giving the 10%. Make sure. Make sure. You gotta make sure. You gotta make sure. You gotta make sure. And when you do that, you'll see things coming out this way, that way, that way. Where did all this money come from? How did it even come? It happens. It can happen. But that's very, very important. Less is more. Less is more. But let me, let me continue, please, for, for another minute. There's a guarantee that if the people kept Shemitah, the guarantee he has Beracha when? Three years. Three years. Which three years? It's a debate. Which three years? What does the Torah say the three years? You're good. Which three years? The seventh, the eighth, S- and the ninth. Six, seven, and eighth. Oh, yeah. Six, seven, and eighth. Torah says six, seven, and eighth, right? So you get Beracha six, you get a, why do you, why do you need seven? You need it because you need Shemitah, right? You're not working. Eighth, you need it because you need another year to, to actually produce until you actually make more things. Six, right? So, so I have a question for you. So if the, the Torah promises you Beracha from the six, seven, and eight, so then I already know if I'm keeping Shemitah the sixth year, meaning to say Shemitah is the seventh year. So the Torah is telling me I get Beracha in the sixth year. So if I get Beracha in the sixth year, so I know I'm going to have much more. The whole Beracha is even before I did Shemitah. Correct? Yes or no? Correct. Yes or no, Yonatan? So what's this Beracha? Imagine I tell you, by the way, don't work the, don't work the Shabbat, because you're going to get on Friday, you're going to get so much on Friday, don't worry, you're going to get double. So is it a test for you to, to, to work Shabbat? No, you have double already. So what I was telling you, keep Shemitah, I'll give you triple in the, in, in, in the, year, three, in the year six. <laughs> what's going on? Henry, what's going on? So you know what the answer is? Our rabbis teach us that the Beracha is that like I just said before, Sometimes you could have a certain amount. Let's say you're making $100,000. Every year you make $100,000. First, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. The sixth year you'll also make $100,000. But that $100,000 now, you'll have so much beracha in that money that it'll last you six, seven, and eight. You don't get it on the No, otherwise there's no test. You get the beracha of the money that you're making on the sixth. So that can last you six, seven, and eight. Otherwise, there's no test. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the Torah says, by the way, keep me down. The sixth year, you're going to get triple. Okay, I got triple. So who's not going to do it? Oh, you're going to do it? You're going to do it. Of course you're going to do it. But what if I tell you, no, on the sixth, you're not going to get the same exact amount. But you have to have a and Hashem so much that that beracha is going to last you for the same amount is going to last you for the three years. Then it's a little bit tricky, huh? That, that, that's tricky. Now it's like, oh, oh. You're going to have faith in Hashem? You're not going to have faith in Hashem. Think about it. You're not a farmer. But think about whatever, whatever you do. Whatever you do. Imagine one year you take off your entire business. Imagine. Well, you, what would you do? What would happen if you take off one year? <laughs> what are you doing? No, I have one year off. In the middle of imagine you have a father. He has 10 kids. You know, He's 45 years old. He's trying to support his family for, for whatever this, that, that, that. All of a sudden he tells the guy, by the way, this you have to take completely off. I'm not paying you what he's catching me. <laughs> uh, okay, I have to do it. I'm sorry. Imagine guys are farming now in Israel. Imagine a guy's farming now in Israel. Israel applies today. Imagine guys are farming in Israel. What do you do? Your faith has to be so strong in Hashem. It's suddenly so powerful. 
It has to be. Now I'm going to tell you this story, remember this story forever. And I could say that every single year in this week, it's an amazing story that happened in the late 50s. There was a Moshav called Komemiyut. Listen to what happened. This Moshav was a religious Moshav. And everybody around it, there was all fields. He had a field. Moshav Komemiyut had a field. And it happened in the late 50s. Documented story. What happened was, they were religious, and the other people around them were saying, what are you doing? Oh, we're not working on the seventh year. What? You're not, you're not doing any work? You know, what, you know what's going to happen to your field if you don't do it? I'm not doing any work. You're crazy, and they're all telling you, you're crazy, 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 you're crazy. <laughs> they all go nuts. You know what happened that year? Should I tell you what happened that year, Shemitah? Yeah, they're both failing. <laughs> You'll never believe it. You'll never believe it. <laughs> You'll never believe it. You ready what happened? <clears throat> the Gemara says that <clears throat> when there's a grasshopper, a certain type of grasshopper, you have to fist. The whole town has to fist. You heard that? Imagine they see, even that says, even if they see one wing, <laughs> imagine they see a certain grasshopper. They, yeah, very good. How'd you know that? What's up, What's up? You remember? What you learned? Good guess. Yudzain. Is it on Yudzain? Let me think now. <laughs> it's not on Yudzain. Yudzain is something else. <laughs> but close. It's, it's near Yudzain, that's for sure. Yudzain speaks about the Mishmarot, about the Yayin, about the Beit HaMikdash. It's a little bit later than that, yes. But uh, close. Close. A few pages later. It says over there, it says over there, even if a person saw a wing of a certain grasshopper, the whole town has to fist. Why? Because it says that basically what happens is if you sort this type of grasshopper, that means this grasshopper is on its way with a storm of grasshoppers coming. It's like you know there is a storm of grasshoppers about to come. And it says the, the town has to fist. Because when, one, when, when this grasshopper comes, you know his whole family is coming right behind him. Like they know the, the leader... The, 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 the godfather of the thing goes down there. Um, I'm coming. I'm coming. Oh, buddy. The whole swat is coming. The whole swat. So everybody has to face. So, 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 says so why? Cause, cause when they come, they can destroy the whole field. And that's what happened in the late fifties in Israel. That's what happened in the late fifties in Israel. These grasshoppers came. They stormed the field in Shemitah. They went around, they have pictures, they went around. These grasshoppers went around every single field, destroyed the field from whatever it was. The only field that they didn't destroy was Moshav Komiyut. Not one grasshopper went inside that field. Tell me, is that not wild? It's wild. Because when the Torah says, you know, they tell you, jump. What do you answer? How high? <laughs> Why man can't jump? I could jump. You tell me how high. Hashem, you tell me how high I jump. You know what it says? Lo me. You know the Torah says Lo me. Because what? So what do you mean Because if it was Bashamai, you know what we have to do? We would have to go to Shemaim and get the Torah. You know that? That's what, that's what the Chazal teaches. Imagine how the Torah Lo me. What's the chat? Because if it was Bashamai, I would go up to Shemaim to get the Torah. <laughs> what do you mean? I'll figure it out. <laughs> how? I'll figure it out. Listen, if you want something so badly, you'll get it. I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. Go ask anybody. You really want something? Yeah, I figured it out. I just figure it out. I just make it happen. That's what you do. 
You know, you really want it, that's what you do. So therefore, Rabotai, you have to understand something. Why is it saying Shemitah is in Har Sinai? Why? This is the law that Hashem... Because you know what? This is proving that what? That the Torah is divine from Hashem. Because who could give you a guarantee that if you keep the seventh year, this is in every single generation. Who could guarantee you this? Imagine somebody guarantees every single year from every generation. If you don't work on the seventh year of Shemitah, the farm in Israel, just know you'll have Belacha the sixth, seventh day. Who could guarantee that? And, 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 and it's something that we can see. Yes or no? The Torah is guaranteeing every single generation. And therefore it says, Shemitah, why is it speaking about Shemitah at Sahar Sinai? Because it's showing, the Torah that I gave at Har Sinai is divine, is from me. Should I prove it? One of the mitzvot I could prove, I could prove it a lot of mitzvot. But this mitzvah I could prove one million percent. Go test it, go prove it, I'm giving a guarantee. If you don't work it, you'll have berachah for three years. Wow! Who could say that if you're not God? This is proving that Hashem is Hashem. That's the one He gave it. Because you can't, you, you can't, you can't say that if you're not 100% positive. And I will tell you, these are the two lessons that we're learning tonight. The first, like we said, the big lesson was about the Jewish slave. If you're buying a Jewish slave, what He said, treat him like with dignity. It's the same thing. If you have a worker in your business that's Jewish as well, even a non-Jewish, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta treat with dignity. Why? Because he's your brother. He's your brother. He's your brother. And understand the situation. The second thing is we're learning tonight is that what? Torah is divine. Of course we know Torah is divine. But you can't guarantee. You have to have brachani money. How do you have brachani money? When you follow the Torah. Melach, Mamon, Hasel. Remember that. Preserve your money. Give charity. Have a great, wonderful day. And I'll just, I'll just end off with one last thing. Okay, we're good. We're good. Have a great day, everyone. And uh, we'll continue next week. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.